Good morning. Thank you, the one person who responded. Good morning. Thank you. I feel better now. Uh, Josh Stevens, man, when he texts you and asks you to uh, speak in chapel, I tried ghosting him for about a day and a half. Then I overcame my fear and and I said yes, uh, primarily motivated because of you all. This is an honor. It's an honor to be here before you. I, I just pray that the things that I want to share with you can permeate your heart and be a blessing to you today. So, so I'm going to jump in. I know the theme of this year in chapel or this semester in chapel is hope. So I want to share uh, a couple of truths uh, that I have found in Scripture that, 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 that really give me hope, that really spear and, and uh, create hope in me. So I hope it I hope it gives you you that as well. So I'm going to just start out in Luke chapter 15. You know, who better to listen to than the words of Jesus? These parables, I think most of us will be familiar with. As you listen to these words, I'm just going to spend a few minutes reading. As you listen to these words, I want you to hear the heart of God in these beautiful stories and parables. Let's start in Luke 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp? Sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. No longer after now, uh, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off a distant to a distant country and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and are and here? I am certain here I am starving to death. 
I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Illustrated in the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and parable of the lost son is the heart of the love that God so graciously lavishes on all of us. His love is not just for the righteous, but also for the sinners like me. We serve a God that rejoices with open arms when we turn to him. What encouragement and motivating thought. We need but to see it and embrace it. I'm going to share some lyrics from one of my favorite artists, Zach Williams. This is a song called Heart of God. I want you to hear the beauty illustrated in the words of this song. He says, I know you're hurting. I can see it in your eyes. So pull back the curtain and take off your disguise. Whoever told you you ain't worth the fight. The cross tells a story that'll change your mind. Because there's only love in the heart of God. No room for shame in his open arms. There's beauty from ashes, so come as you are. And there's only love in the heart of God. Come, prodigal children, it's never too late. Run home to the Father. Let him clothe you with grace. And bury your burdens. Break free from your fear. Step out of the shadows. There's no judgment here. There's only love in the heart of God. No room for shame in his open arms. There's beauty from ashes. So come as you are. And there's only love in the heart of God. So the first thing, if you ask me what gives me hope, my goodness, look at the love in the heart of God. That gives me great hope. The second truth that gives me great hope is that the God created us in his image to bear his likeness and reflect his glory. The book of beginnings in Genesis teaches us this truth. Of all of God's creation, we, all of us, even Josh Stevens, are said to be made in his likeness. Let that sink into your heart for a moment. If that truth sinks into your heart, it can give you purpose and meaning to life. It offers hope when things of this earth disappoint. It can provide you with a true representation of your identity. 
when I was your age, okay, a few years ago, sitting in your seats, yes, I graduated from LCU, I can remember a time when I was going through an identity crisis. I remember going through a particularly trying time, getting nearing my senior year, my first senior year. It took me two to get out of here. But a difficult time, a few things happening at that time. My basketball career was coming to an end. Man, what was I going to be without basketball? Man. I was unsure whether I could get into professional school. I was trying to become a physical therapist. I'm sure it was before I met my now wife, which I met soon after this period of time. I remember some uh, struggles uh, impacting my family uh, during that time that were particularly difficult. Life seemed overwhelming. Joy seemed very hard to find. And someone I love and respect very much, he could see it. He could see it in my demeanor. He could see it in my actions day to day. That person pointed me to this truth of where my self-worth lies. It was not wrapped up in the pursuits of this world, these things that worried me. He reminded me that my worth or identity is found as a child of God in whom God placed his essence. You see, I was pursuing meaning in things that were fleeting and could not satisfy long term. This reminder helped me refocus and encouraged me to glorify God in the struggle and recognize my true purpose and worth as a child of God. We, you, are good and valuable because God made you in his image. Our value is not based on what circumstances we find ourselves in, our successes or our failures. While this struggle continues, I'm 50 years old now. I can't tell you I've conquered that struggle. It's a life battle, I think, for all of us. What I am learning is that the more I recognize this truth, the more I find my purpose in glorifying God and reflecting him to others, there is hope and peace regardless of the outcomes and circumstances. This is ultimately, I think, what the book of Ecclesiastes is teaching us. The pursuit of meaning and worth in anything under the sun is meaningless. It's like smoke. It looks solid, but when you try to grasp it, you can't. It dissipates. It's not permanent. It's temporary. Let God determine your identity as his image bearer. I love this quote from Max Licato. He says, put your hope in this promise. We are made in his image. We are not lost. We are not drifting in a galaxy of meaninglessness. We are created. We are loved and destined to reflect the image of God. What a beautiful promise. So, it gives me great hope to know the depth of love in the heart of God. I want you to know and, and see the depth of hope or the depth of love 
in the heart of God. He welcomes me with open arms in my brokenness. Understanding my identity, and second, understanding my identity as an image bearer, as a child of God, gives me greater meaning and purpose to all I do, even when the circumstances of this world sometimes don't make sense or try to convince me my self-worth lies elsewhere. I pray these two truths permeate your heart today and give you a great hope. God bless you, and I hope you have a great day.